Hey everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of the Quest Me podcast brought to you by Twist My Arm. I'm your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. My name is Josh. I'm joined today by my sudden but inevitable co-hosts and friends, their names, Jesse and Ricky D. Today, we're celebrating the first ever Star Wars podcast day. Woo! That's brought to you by Star Wars Now This on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure to go search for Star Wars Now This and Star Wars Podcast Day on all the social medias. Because uh, there's about, well, there's 70 plus podcasters involved on this uh, first ever Star Wars Podcast Day. So make sure to go check those out. There's a lot of different things going on there. They're talking about Star Wars comics, Star Wars toys, Star Wars movies. This episode, we're talking about all the future Star Wars shows coming up. And there's a lot there. So definitely check out Star Wars Now This and Star Wars Podcast Day on all your social medias to see all the 70 plus podcasters involved in the first ever Star Wars Podcast Day. We have a lot going on here in the Twist My Arm Network. We have the new shows from Twist My Arm where we talk to local businesses and business owners about what they're doing and uh, how they all got started and stuff like that. We also have the Movement Podcast, hashtag, where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV. You can find that on Facebook by searching hashtag MVMT. You can also check out the Marvel Cinematic Monday Podcast, where yours truly and my co-host, Chip, discuss everything Marvel, from comics to TV to movies to video games, everything. Anything Marvel, it's there. Marvel Cinematic Monday Check that out on Instagram, Twitter, and gosh, then you got TMA Gaming. You can find all of our game streams on Twitch uh, just by searching TMA Games. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at TMA Gaming. We also have the basement sessions coming up soon where we're going to have live artists from around Colorado and hopefully the U.S. on the show talking about new music and shows, stuff like that. We have the sudden but inevitable rewatch where me, Jesse, and Ricky are all recording a show all about Firefly. And uh, that's been a fun one because Kylie and I have never seen Firefly. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Um, you also got Best Flicks with Ricky D. And you can get all of your updates on your favorite TMA shows by going to twistmyarmpodcast.com. And you can like and follow and subscribe on all of your social medias just by searching Twist My Arm. All right, let's get this show on the road. Jesse, how have you been? Man, I have been just like, um, in, what's the word for better than perfect? I'm amazing. Elated. I'm, I'm <laughs> elated. That's elated. I'm enthusiastically just mind-blowingly happy yeah i'm i'm having an amazing fun time doing sudden but inevitable with you guys <clears throat> in case you don't know sudden but inevitable it's it's our firefly rewatch show where we bring josh and kylie through it because they've never seen it before and it was actually born out of this show out of quest <laughs> me because yeah. the entire time that we were watching mandalorian season two we kept going, man, this feels like Firefly, this feels like Firefly, and Josh kept going, what's Firefly? I mean, not literally what's Firefly, but, you know, he had never seen it. So, um, sort of as revenge for dragging me, <laughs> the lifelong Trekkie, through a Mandalorian podcast, we started a Firefly podcast, and it has been, the support that we're getting is just, 
it melts my heart and the fun that we're having is I mean, if you've listened to Quest Me, you know the kind of fun we have. So definitely come check out Sudden But Inevitable. But definitely go, if you haven't, go back and listen to Quest Me. Because if you if you listen to Quest Me and then you watch this second uh, making of for the season two of Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, you're going to hear us basically talk about everything that they talk about in that episode <laughs> before they said it. So we're like, I really noticed this. I love this. And I'm not saying that other people didn't notice it. I'm just saying, like, it's fun to to see somebody react to exactly what they were trying to put on the screen. And and I'll just say at the top of this, as a Star Trek fan, I had a ton of fun with Quest Me and with Mandalorian in general. And after watching this documentary, I have a very solid newfound respect for Dave Filoni because that guy is he cares about your baby and he is going <laughs> to raise it well. You Star Wars fans are in good hands. Yeah. Ricky, how have you been? You have a new show as well, don't you? I do. Uh, I joined you guys at the end of the Quest Me podcast. I just got a couple of these Quest Me's in. I was able to make the transition over to the Firefly podcast, Sudden But Inevitable. And I, I think that was actually a little bit my idea. If I remember. <laughs> it really was your idea. It was, it was definitely Ricky's idea. Uh, and he didn't make the transition. Ricky is like full-fledged halfway in charge of that show. Like he's the co-host and he provides most of our brown coat background. I'm the certified companion. In a way that I'm not. Thank yeah. you for remembering that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't help myself. No, I'm having, I can't even describe how much fun I'm having over at Sudden But Inevitable. And then, like you guys said, I am also starting the Best Flicks podcast. We have already released our first episode. We're talking about stand-up comedy shows like Middle Ditch and Schwartz and Bumping Mics. I was watching Wolf of Wall Street tonight, and I noticed Thomas Middle Ditch had a moment on uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He was the guy that was cleaning his fish tank in the middle of opening day, and mm-hmm. then uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill came over and ate his fish because he was not working hard enough. So I can't believe I forgot to mention that during the middle during my Middle Ditch and Schwartz <laughs> podcast. Hey man, that happens all the time. Of with, course it does. Quest me exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. For sure. And then I'm also going to be releasing another Best Flicks episode about an American pickle, an HBO exclusive movie where uh we focus on Seth Rogen and his uh his pickle business i guess his pickle business but one Excellent. other thing about best flicks it's a show about exclusive about streaming exclusives i want to focus on shows that aren't being shown anywhere else you can't catch it on abc <laughs> you can't catch it on fox it's only being seen on netflix mm. however i'm already break- ready to break my rule on that because freaks and geeks <laughs> has hit hulu since mm. best flicks has opened so Bonus i think episodes. i'm going to be releasing a off kind of off schedule podcast I'm going to be calling it <laughs> off the brand. rest yeah I'm going to be calling it the off rest brand. flicks and I'm going to be hitting some of my uh, favorite shows that uh, don't quite hit my standard format that's awesome man and and we're super stoked to have you aboard on the network it's been a lot of fun working with you on quest me on Sunbun inevitable and also just seeing your own show come to life it's been a lot of fun so Thanks for thanks for 
coming aboard and everyone definitely check out uh, Best Flicks anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can literally search Best Flicks or Sudden But Inevitable or you can find it on the TMA stream stream too, the Twist My Arm stream. They're all they're all there. Um, so for our old listeners that listen to Quest Me on Twist on the Twist My Arm podcast, um, you can actually you can find all those shows separately in their own feed now. It's it's pretty cool. We've we've made a lot of changes, in, including Quest Me. Um, Quest Me is its own podcast. It's to me, it's going to be more of a Star Wars podcast. Um, I think the name Quest Me is just going to stick. It it's perfect for Mandalorian, but I think it's also going to work really well for just all Star Wars material that comes out, which is something that we'll get into tonight. Um, one of the one of the focuses on this special um, is going to be upcoming upcoming Star Wars things and whatnot. But gosh, I don't, I don't even. Well, a quest me remains a an appropriate title because you're going to basically be on a quest to consume every piece of Star Wars content that's coming out, and you're going to need an outlet yes. for it. I mean, yeah, that's for just sure. all there is and, and to it. So whether or not well Jesse and, and Ricky join me on that, I will have somebody with me to to venture in all these different Star Wars shows because there's going to be a lot coming out. And I totally understand if you guys do not want to do it, especially with like the cartoons and stuff. But well, bribes, <laughs> bribes go a long way and flattery gets you everywhere with me. As I'm pretty I'm sure very aware, aware so. very aware. Um, also, I, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but this is. National Star Wars Podcast Day. The day that this is coming out is for National Star Wars Podcast Day. So first ever. Yeah, it's super exciting to be a part of that, and I want to thank Daniel for um, getting us involved with this and asking us to join. Um, yeah, definitely stoked to be a part of it. That's pretty much all I can say, and I and I hope everyone enjoys the Quest Me special. Um, we're gonna do you do Star Wars yeah. fans have a, an equivalent to Red Alert? Because I feel like I'm a bit of an intruder here. I'm not, I'm not really one of you, one of you. <laughs> but you know, I, that's okay. That's okay. All right, I'll do you're, my best to be respectful. You're one of us because <laughs> you were you did an eight episode podcast, now nine episode podcast about Star that's Wars. True. So you also that's one true. of the first I liked ever the Mandalorian and one of the first ever podcasts you took part in was a star wars review on my show for rogue it's, one it's true so. it was yeah it was rogue one ricky i'm digging your Jordy laforge look there i really appreciate <laughs> yeah. that um yeah you can go back through the whole twist my arm backlog which is just years long at this it's, point it's over 100 episodes you can go find lot. the rogue one special there's lots of star wars stuff in there yeah. but going forward all of the twist my arm star wars stuff will be located here in the loving arms of Quest Me on the backpack with jets that is the Mandalorian. Yes. So, and let's get into this. How are how are you guys feeling after, after what is it, two months now the Mandalorian's been over? About a month and a half. You guys still think it, it was as good as we thought it was at first? I, I mean, you're the Star Wars fan. If anybody's going to hate it a couple of months after seeing it and loving it, it'd be you, right? <coughs> Do you still love it? I mean, I still had a great time. I thought it was still fun. Um, the thing that I am worried about, though, is that now I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch that show as casually because they're going to t 
tie it into a couple of other shows, which is is not really that big of a deal. But like for me, not to belabor the point, uh, there's a lot of Star Trek coming out too that I'm going to have to watch, and it's going some of that's going to be concurrent. And the thing that was so great about Mandalorian season one and season two, honestly, as a casual Star Wars fan, was that I didn't need to know any of the extra stuff to enjoy it. Like right. they they gave Ahsoka her own identity by way of merging, you know, her episode with a Kurosawa film. So there was like, to me, that's that character. I don't need to watch what it, whatever it was, 10 years of cartoons to get the character now. Like, I get it. I'm cool with it. I like that character. Right. But I don't want to be watching The Mandalorian and have somebody go, oh, hey, remember Thing X? And then at the end of The Mandalorian be like, also, check out this show. I just, I I understand why that's cool. And I'm happy for Star Wars fans because that's all I would ever want if I were a Star Wars fan. But as a casual Star Wars fan, I'm I'm sort of apprehensive going into this huge explosion of content that's been announced because I'm like, D- well, the- hey, there's no way the quality is going to be the exact same across all of these. Sure, it might be really close, but A... I just don't know that they can maintain quality. B, even if they can maintain quality, I don't want to have to pay attention to that many shows. So sure. what I'll probably do is just, like, I don't know, I'll look for, like, a small 60 to 90-minute audio format breakdown of all the happenings in the Star Wars universe, like, maybe once every couple of weeks. Maybe in the form of a podcast, even. Well, I, I think, think that's probably how I'll get all of my Star Wars stuff, luckily, except for the Mando. Luckily, all of the content that's coming out is going to be spread across the timeline. So it's not like... Look, if you don't want to watch Cassie and Andor, you don't have to watch it because it has nothing to do with all the other shows. Like, if you don't want to watch I'm the so Acolyte show coming out... like, But I'm saying... I think there's only two no, other know, shows that are going to be really related to the Mandalorian or set in that same right. timeline to where you, and you probably don't even have to pay attention to it more than watching maybe a season finale, you know, to, to see right. some sort of cool scene that ties into the Mandalorian. Like, Oh, did you see Din Djarin come in at the end of Rangers of Republic? Like that was cool. But yeah. other than that, I think they're going to keep it fairly like separate. Um, I think okay I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not mad that there's going to be more content and I it's not that I think that the the new and amount of content and you know that kind of thing I don't think it's going to be bad I think it will have at least a certain level of quality especially if Dave Filoni is given like a Kevin Feige type role which I think he has been shown that he is worthy of being trusted with absolutely Um, that having been said I guess what I'm trying to communicate is, despite all that, as a casual fan, again, not hating on it, my enthusiasm for how much fun I've been having with The Mandalorian isn't carrying over for me. Like, I'm not like, oh, now I want to know what The Bad Batch is. Now I want to know what this is. I'm interested in the Ahsoka show because that should be shot like a live-action anime, so I'm very interested in that. But other than that, I, I, I guess I don't know that the Mandalorian being really great and then the guy that was helming that now has access to more stuff is going to make me want the more stuff. I guess that's the the feeling that I'm trying to convey. And that but, makes sense. I mean, fr- I mean, going forward, I'm still going to be a Star Trek fan watching the Mandalorian every time they drop an episode. Like, it, oh, yeah. it just is going to happen. Right. Ricky, what about you? How are you feeling, you know, a month and a half after Mandalorian? You still... 
happy with the way it ended and happy with where the show went. Definitely and... happy with it. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I've watched so many movies and shows and listened to so many podcasts that it's kind of squeezed a lot of the details out. Uh, <laughs> Mandalorian season two is kind of yeah. whittled its way down to a series of, well, they fought a crate dragon. They met up with a frog lady. They met some Miller Mandalorians on a boat. Uh, they met Ahsoka and she named Grogu. And then they saved Bill Burr on a train. And you remembered a lot, yeah. really. They saved Bill Burr on a train. <laughs> and then Luke Skywalker saved the day. Did you just get John Favreau's <laughs> notes? Like, I feel like that was his notes of how he wrote that show out. <clears throat> All right. So first episode, Crate Dragon. Second episode, Frog Lady. Uh, third episode, Mandalorian Boat. Well, and I will say that, like, <laughs> like the thing that really uh, came across to me... <clears throat> Excuse me. The thing that really came across to me watching this documentary was not just Dave Filoni, but also John Favreau. They have this very essential understanding of this property, right? Like they know what it is at its core mm -hmm. and they they know that it's about, you know, moments and images and story but but that it can fall apart at the seams easily <laughs> so they they've done a very good job of not letting that happen and and you can see just like i don't know what the word is it's cuz it's not necessarily attention to detail it's it's just the true passion that everybody working on this show has like right it's the love it's the love for the star wars lore and and the story that came out of even just right. the first three movies i mean all of the you know in that special that that we're talking about it was the season two there was only one episode but it was an hour long and and everyone is just talking about how much yes. they love star wars and how much they yeah if they ever got a chance to be a part of it they were definitely gonna take control you know and like peyton reed i, I remember his um his little excerpts a lot because he's the one that directed <laughs> you know the best episode being the season finale and and he was, you know, even saying, like, I, I have to direct this episode. This is going to be yeah. the best thing of my career. And, like, he's done way bigger yeah. things than this. And he's talking about, you know, Mandalorian being one of the best uh, bright spots in his career. And, like, that's what comes through in this show. It's, And I think that's what separates this show from the sequel trilogy is the love 100%. for Star Wars. Um, and you can and tell that because it comes out in the product. The sequel trilogy feels hollow and it feels rushed and it feels, you know, flashy with very little substance. And yep. this is the opposite of that. And and yeah. it's, I guess that I, I think that's my worry is that somewhere they'll lose that. But I think with Filoni and Favreau in charge, the the way forward for all the Star Wars fans of any any ilk and any degree is very bright. It, I yeah. mean. They're not gonna. I, th their content on Disney Plus isn't gonna get worse. Mm. It's just going to be hard to maintain this level of of goodness. There was right. a certain point in the episode where John Favreau was walking around in the uh, in the spaceport, I guess, um, where Din Djarin's right. spaceship was, and he goes, "This is spaceport." J17 
it's just three spots down from where the Millennium Falcon was parked. And you go, man, he really Mm -hmm. understands that this was in Mos Eisley, (laughs) in Tatooine. He understands there's this whole world and you can you can see his understanding of the entire world, not just one little scene, but he understands what's going on outside of that scene. Everything. All at once. And that really showed his professionalism. Well, and to, to, and to see that um, Robert Rodriguez made a, a pre-visualization <laughs> of the entire Boba Fett reveal with, <laughs> with his toys. children and action figures in his backyard. Oh my and that, God. And, and it's like shot for shot. Yeah. It's not like they were like, oh, okay, I like your idea. It was like, let's do that exact thing shot for shot, but live action. Like yeah, they, and it's, it's insane. And but I love it, their it response. It speaks to that too. level of care. Yeah, they're like, that's the coolest animatic I've ever seen. And he goes, yeah, these the- are my people. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. You can just, see the nerd love just oozing out of these guys in yeah. such a genuine way. It, it was so wonderfully refreshing to see because I don't know about you, but when I watch interviews with J.J. Abrams, it's just like, it's hard to dis- to not dislike the guy. Like, man, you had your hands in two of arguably the largest sci-fi franchises ever. Yeah. And you didn't really do right by either of them arguably no, so you just made it i just general yeah, story I, yeah. that yeah it was ah, no I, and <clears throat> and again that's that's what makes this so good is that you can see the care involved with the with the mandalorian you can see that people didn't just look at it as going in for a job and you know they could say all day for episode 789 that you know they oh i loved being on star wars blah 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 but like at the, at the end of the day, J.J. Abrams was just doing a job, and that right. was that was very, very evident in Episode Nine. Um, yeah, with with just he's like, well, I'm just gonna continue so, the to, story that I made, and just to literally you know, have a character say somehow this happened, and have that be a main plot point is like, yeah. to me, egregiously unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just I, bad. And, and I agree. Listen, I still love watching the sequel trilogy. I am a Star Wars fan through and through. I watched episode two a couple weeks ago because I fucking just love Star Wars. And <laughs> I will watch any anything. And, you know, I, may, I might not watch the sequel trilogy as much, but it's still going to pop on every once in a while. And I'm still going to enjoy it. And there's still going to be The Last Jedi is still the best part of it. Fight me. And that's fine. Like, everyone has their own opinion. I still think <laughs> Force Awakens was the best one because it still left a little bit of mystery with the, the the sequel trilogy. There was still a little bit of, like, okay, there could there could be something going on with Snoke. You know, like, Snoke could be an actual big okay. bad that's kind of a badass. And, like... I smell what you're stepping in, but I personally feel like after the first new trilogy movie, I was like, we don't have any new information like no you didn't have every, any new information like but at the, at the end of a whole movie like and 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 again i'm not coming at that movie from a place of love but like the mandalorian and and the new it, it t- okay it feels to me like john favreau and dave filoni sat down everybody that was working on the show and they were like you guys see the movies okay do you want to make real star wars okay let's do that <laughs> 
Yeah. And they it did. It feels they, that way. Yeah. And, and they absolutely did. Even as far as Luke Skywalker. Listen, man. Hashtag ignite the green. Um, Steel. Steel Saunders from Australia in the... the he's in the steel wars podcast um he's actually shouted this out a few times and he was so passionate about you know the ignite the green thing um with last jedi he wanted luke skywalker so badly to light his green lightsaber and i was on that train i was so much on that train riding first class like Yes, I cannot wait to see Luke Skywalker light his green lightsaber again and kick some ass, you know. And and it's not that I was disappointed cuz Skywalker still kicked a lot of ass. He he did a pretty cool thing in Last Jedi and in yeah, Force Transfer all that stuff. Like that's one of the most badass scenes in Star Wars. I will definitely give that. But it was disappointing to not see the real Luke Skywalker that we had all as Star Wars fans since we were kids that we had all imagined him to be after Return of the Jedi and seeing that in Mandalorian was just I look I watched the last three episodes again today before this show and Kylie my girlfriend was in the other room I'm watching the last episode and she comes out and I'm like avert your eyes just avert your eyes because I'm still I'm like <laughs> It still, it still makes me just like giddy like a kid again. It gives me all these different feelings between the music and and seeing Luke just blast through those droids and the dark troopers and stuff like, and seeing the green lightsaber and all that stuff like took me to a place that I thought I was gonna be at. You guys, sequel trilogy. Did you know? And I couldn't believe that the dark troopers (laughs) were played by actors. And they weren't actually right. super Seriously. powered mechs. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I figured they were. I figured they were 100% CGI. But yeah, I was surprised to that was a mostly practical effect. That I thought cool. that was really cool. Yeah, and the the actors did a pretty good job making it look mechanic. Tamora Morrison but. needs an award of some kind. That guy. He looks like the most enjoyable human being to spend an afternoon with. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. Him playing the guitar with Rodriguez. I yeah. love that. That whole and he was and he was really felt like he was just making fun of Rodriguez. And I was like, yeah. Thank you for doing that. One of the things <laughs> yeah. that we said that came true was I was talking about how stormtrooper armor looked like it was made out of cheap plastic and Jesse said it was to show it how was. powerful his gaffy stick was. And they were talking about how that went back to his Maori heritage and it was supposed to show how powerful it was and Mm -hmm. everything that we were saying, they were doubling down on and making us right. That was really cool to hear. I think that was mentioned how he always is like all over the guitar, like he like or how he's always into the music of his movies and then the first shot you see of him, he's like, I brought my guitar to the set. It's like, dude. (laughs) Like, I, I, maybe once they know yeah. you, they like it. But I bet the first time people see that, they're like, oh, great. It's like the guy that brings the guitar to the campfire. Right. And is like, yeah. all right, I'm going to play this song. Oh, wait, hang on. Wait. Yep. Bring, wait, nope, hang on, wait. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much what everybody yeah. assumes when they see someone walking up with a guitar. But I mean, Rodriguez Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. The guy can play. I mean, it's not like he's <laughs> incapable or anything. It's just like, you're also the director and you got to flex like okay 
But yeah. you know what? Maybe it's part of his process. I don't know Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez, consider this an open invitation to come on Quest Me and talk about your involvement with filming The Mandalorian Season 2. We yep. are always here and ready yep. for you. We're going to start tweeting at you now. It's going to be like Bill Murray for my birthday parties. He never comes. We'll tweet in case, one day. just in case he's already not listening. I assume he's already <laughs> listening. But. but yeah, the again, this whole documentary just proved how much these people love this show or d- love Star Wars yeah. and I mean I could talk shit about Kathleen Kennedy all day and bring up <laughs> but articles she greenlit about, this well she? I read an article that she didn't want Luke Skywalker in the last episode um, I I for the life of me cannot find the article but I could understand why though from like a very very high level executive point of view where you're like dude we just spent three movies saying we're done telling that story so I could understand why you you might push on that but like you hired the guy because you trust his sensibility with story so right. maybe just do that and I think that's what Kennedy's kind of doing now because she's got to realize that Favreau and Filoni know what they're doing like you said Filoni is like baby Lucas he, um, it was great actually that I watched the first two episodes of the first season of the documentary making of because it was really fun to rehash how he got the job with mm-hmm. Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys watched that before, but he was on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender for Nickelodeon. That cartoon, he was an animator. Oh, okay. And he was talking about how the guys from SpongeBob would always pick on him and like give him shit about how he loved Star Wars so much. And one day he got a call from a lady at Lucasfilm Animation, which at the time didn't exist because because they didn't have Lucasfilm Animation. And he gets this call and she's like, yeah, "Yeah, we want to bring you in for like an interview um, to kind of talk about a a new project at Lucasfilm. And he's like, really, who is this? Like, who put you up to this? Is this is this Vince from SpongeBob? (laughs) Because I I don't really. And she's. (laughs) And he's like, That's and how she I just, answer every spam call. <laughs> yeah. But he uh, he ended up going and like, you know, just seeing the way that he talked about the interview with the interview process and then going and actually sitting in front of George and like talking to him about stuff. And yeah, he, he just, he, he loves it so much that he wants to give it the best care and he wants to and make what, sure that... Um, Favreau's doing the right thing too. I mean, look at the scene in the in the documentary where they're bringing out the dark saber, and he's like, "Oh, it's it's silver though," and they're like, right. "Yeah, but there's gonna be effects." He's like, "Yeah, but it's silver. It's it's got to be black, <laughs> right?" Just being the so picky because he knows that the fans are gonna be so picky, and they're gonna like, and and he wants to he wants to make things that we love just as much as he loves. You know what I mean? Right. The thing that really stuck out to me, the one scene that really stuck out to me from the documentary was when they're talking about how they shot uh, the rotating cockpit for Slave One. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up. It's a really cool process how they did it, first of all. And second of all, like they're referencing the toy and they're referencing, you know, we've never seen this and they're very excited and stuff like that. Um (laughs) But the thing that I really appreciated about it was that, 
hold on a second. I just lost my train of thought when she coughed. It's a good thing this one isn't live. Um, oh, <laughs> the thing I really appreciated about it was that they explain how the spinning, you know, set works and everything. And then Filoni looks at Favreau and goes, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. And it's like, so they understand which yes. parts don't need to be in this series and which parts do <laughs> like yes it. we need I to have it, it accurate to the toy no we don't have to have the stupid dialogue <laughs> or right. when they're speaking of camera tricks when they're talking about being on the ship on the ocean it was all done not actually on the ocean but just on a set they didn't want to do any crane shots because you can't Very take cool. a camera out onto the ocean on nothing well you can with a drone but I thought that was a very interesting point, how he wanted to make sure it didn't feel like it was shot on a set. It was shot on location. Right. And that's, again, that love and care. It, mm-hmm. it makes me, it definitely made me fall in love with Star Wars all over again. Like I said, numerous times throughout the Quest Me show. Man, if you go back, uh, look for hashtag movement on Facebook and go go watch all of our old videos, man. I was watching some of those earlier today, you know, the, the Ahsoka episode. I was so excited. I, I was running around the camera, screaming in my little <laughs> Chewbacca onesie, and just so stoked. And that's that's something I wanted, again, during the sequel trilogy. Like, I wanted to feel like a kid again and just be lighten up because something awesome happened. But it never really got to that point. And Mandalorian is, is doing that for me. Mandalorian is is my Star Wars. That's, you know, that's that's Star Wars to me. And the right kind. Yeah, and again, I'll always enjoy sequ- the sequel trilogy, but this is the sequel trilogy. We just watched part 2 of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> so, I can dig it. <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, I, I watched the last episodes before I watched the documentary, which made it a little bit more fun too because I got to you know rehash things like you were saying with the ship right. oh man I'd even watched that the, the, the third time I was like oh how cool it, it just rotates and you see everyone in there looking around like it's kind of not really a big deal and you're like oh man I wish we saw this before <laughs> but, it's but they still, all it, have been impre- they can all you can tell that they all understand that it actually is a very huge deal like even yes. the actors in that shot, you could see their faces are like, "Don't screw up this really cool thing." Like, <laughs> yeah, those yeah. that are not covered by helmets. Yep, um, and you know all the all this praise we're giving the show and stuff. We're not the only ones. They did get nominated for a Globe and Glo- Golden Globe this year, so they are up for best television series. Drama, Which is right? Pretty cool. Best drama. Drama. Yeah. Best drama series, yep. Um, I'm actually looking up right now who they're up against. Um, oh, that's a good call. So The Mandalorian is up against The Crown, Lovecraft Country, Ooh. Ozark, and Ratchet. Lovecraft Country is very okay. good. And Ozark is also great. Yeah. I have heard that. So they are up against some some good shows apparently, um, but the only one that I've watched out of those is Mandalorian. So I should go vote. <laughs> Can we vote? <laughs> Can you vote on the Golden Globes? The, the I, Golden I, Globes. I don't, know that's I don't, how that I don't works. think we're allowed for that. This isn't like the MVP votes or anything. You right? know, All-Star how about voting. this? 
if Mandalorian season two doesn't win a Golden Globe, we will come up with a separate award and we will give it to them. We'll send the Golden Globe. The, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That sounds good. <laughs> um, I do hope they win, though. Star Wars doesn't win a lot as far as that kind of thing goes. They always win for like visual as- effects and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. They've never had, like, best movie or best series or anything like that. So it would be cool to see those guys, especially for the Oscar for best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be great. But, no, it, it, I would love to see Filoni and Favreau go up there and be like, ha, suck it, <laughs> you know? How long do you think until we get a Filoni and Favreau-helmed movie? Not very long. I think they're going to conclude Mandalorian with a movie. There's already been hmm. talks about it. Um, they'll have another season or two and then end it with a movie. What is that from uh, that. From Community? Six seasons in a movie? So a couple yep. more seasons and then a movie? <laughs> yeah. I want to see the Mandalorian end with Din Djarin having his eyeballs exploded out the back <laughs> of his head. <laughs> <laughs> All Game of Thrones status? And it would exact be, same yeah. way. It would be like um, oh they would keep, they'd be connecting the two universes, right? Like mm-hmm. this yeah. guy, this guy actually lives through multiple lives over and over and over, but he always yeah. goes that way. That's <laughs> funny. They actually asked uh, Favreau if there was going to be a Marvel Star Wars crossover, and he was like, "No, <laughs> why? Why?" <laughs> mm. Well, and I also agree. I'm why? glad that, to hear him be... say that. Well, I'm glad no. to hear him say that. But it's happened in the comics, and Disney owns both, and I would not put that past Disney at all. I could see him doing, like, an animated feature or something, which is I'd, fine. That's I could fine. see them doing literally any number of stupid things with that idea. Yeah. You're right. You're, you're probably <laughs> right. <sighs> but they do have a lot of good things coming down the pipeline. They do. Um, they do. I do want to get into all of the upcoming Star Wars movies and TV shows, but did you guys want to cover anything else from the documentary? I mean, honestly, the whole documentary is just talking about how much they love the show and how much all the other actors love the show. Um, and and that's all that I care about, is that people that are making it care about it. There was one thing that uh, this documentary reminded me of. Okay. It's a little bit out of left field. Okay. But uh, John Favreau had an arc on The Sopranos. Really? Yes. He was playing himself. He was playing a director. And Chris Moltisante, he is Tony Soprano's nephew, had a couple episodes where he was meeting with John Favreau. He was friendly with John Favreau. And uh, John wanted to know more about gangster life. And he wanted to meet up with him so he could get more realistic gangster movies. And then all of a sudden he sees Chris Moltisante just beating the crap out of people and just doing (laughs) things that are way, way too realistic and way too dangerous and bloody and horrific for John Favreau to actually want to deal with. And he just, like, he has to cut off ties. He has to move out of town. He has to, like totally avoid the mob now because he tried to learn too much and he <laughs> saw something that was way too dark. Interesting. And yeah, you saw him pull really that cool. experience into his directing experience because when he's talking to John Leguizamo about how 
hey, your character's supposed to be a crime boss. You know, he's like, think of yourself more like, you know, the Godfather. You're 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 a mob boss. You're like, hey, relax, enjoy the entertainment. You know, he's like, he's he's pulling that yeah. experience with him. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I did not. I've never seen The Sopranos, so. Uh, Maybe we'll start with the, the prequel they're about to come out with on HBO Max. See how good that is. Mm-hmm. And then move on to the real one. But So, Josh, for these upcoming Star Wars shows, could you mm. break these down for me in a way that's like, here's what this show is called, here's how you'll know what it's about. Because like, yes. I don't really have that many points of reference. So. Oh, you're, you're good. I have a whole thing here. Um, it comes from... <laughs> etonline.com it's the upcoming star wars movies and tv the full list so if you want to follow along (laughs) hit up the show notes and this will be the only link that's in there um so first up they have the bad batch coming out 2021 later this year i believe probably august something like that Um, But The Bad Batch is an all-new animated series that follows a squad of elite, genetically enhanced clones first introduced in a four-episode arc of The Clone Wars. The show will pick up after the events of that series as Clone Force 99 finds their way in a rapidly changing galaxy and take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. Um, That's going to be run uh, by Dave Filoni and... Brad Rao, it looks like. A couple other people that... Just all Star Wars um, animation people are going to be running that show, including Filoni. So I'm actually really stoked about that one because I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars and that four-episode arc that they were talking about um, that introduced the Bad Batch was really cool. They were like the superheroes of going back into, you know... Here it comes. They're going to be the universes, ones that but get, they were like yep. the superheroes of Star Wars, basically, because they had different kind of special powers and stuff. Um, but like, like I said, gen- genetically enhanced. So I'm interested to see what they do with them, story-wise, because they're right in the middle of the end of the Republic and the beginning of the Empire. So they are going to be kind of. I don't know. I think they're going to be looked down upon because clones were not the most, um, I don't know. They weren't held the highest (laughs) as far as like public perception, you know? Right. And since I have no point of reference, how bad is this batch? Like, are they breaking all the rules or did they break some of the rules? They're pretty bad. They they break a good amount of rules. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it's more just like their tactics and how they do things. You know, they don't they don't use standard military practices or anything. They're like okay, they're not one the guys. Book. You know, they're they're breaking off steel bars and throwing them at troopers and like just massacring people and not really giving an f. <laughs> you know, so th- do you think <laughs> that that'll be? Oh, it's not going to be like rated R for TV no, or anything no. though, right? Like, it'll be... No. That would be cool. I mean, Clone Wars still had some pretty uh, risque things as far as, like, death scenes and stuff, so I'm sure there will be some violence things happening in this show. It'll just be animated. It'll be a little more Clone Wars-style animation, a little less Rebels, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people 
had a hard time getting used to. Um, but up next, you got the Book of Boba Fett coming out December 2021. This is interesting to me. Um, it was first... So, first of all, they released all these other new shows coming out before the season finale of Mandalorian, and they kept this show under wraps. They, they kept the announcement of this show very, <laughs> very under wraps until the season finale Mandalorian in which a lot of people didn't even watch past the credits. I know you guys hadn't watched past the credits until I said something. And a lot of other people were like, Oh wait, there's, there's something after the credits. Okay. And, and then you watch it and you're like, Holy shit, book of Boba Fett. What is that all about? So first of all, this moves the season three of Mandalorian back from our original prediction of, next October, November to probably January of 2022, February, 2022. Um, that also February, like with, start it right after the Super Bowl. Probably I could see that. Um, and there, they did just start production on Mandalorian season three. So time timeline wise, it makes sense that it would come out probably February. Um, it'll be a lot like, you know, WandaVision this year came out, fairly shortly after Mandalorian ended and it kind of continued this craze of people wanting to watch Disney plus. I think that's got to keep something new on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, book of Boba Fett while discussing the Mandalorian and its upcoming spinoffs at Disney investor day, Kennedy confirmed the next chapter will debut on Disney plus on Christmas of 2021. We assume she meant season three of the Mandalorian, but now we know she was actually referring to the book of Boba Fett. The series was revealed in a post-credit sequence following the Mandalorian season two finale, which saw Boba and Fennec Shand return to Jabba the Hutt's palace on Tatooine. Boba Fett blasts Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, and assumes the seat of the throne. So I'm wondering if this is going to be like a hit list book. Is this going to be like a 10 chapter book of Boba Fett's hits and people that the he Hound. needs to get back at? Cyril and Payne. Yes, Cersei Lannister. Um, <laughs> exactly. Does, <laughs> does Bosk Dangar? Do we, think, yeah, do we think that this is going to be him and Fennec mostly, or is Jit Din going to be in this? Do we think this will have Mando because he's kind of not been quested recently, and I think he's got to just be feeling aimless at this point. Well, there was initially some confusion. To continue this article, there was initially some confusion as to whether the Book of Boba Fett was a spinoff of The Mandalorian or the subtitle of the show's third season, mm. with the main focus shifting from Din Djarin to fellow bounty hunter Boba. Um, in clarifying that the former is its own separate series, Lucasfilm also announced that season three of The Mandalorian will go into production 2021. So they are going to be separate. It's going to be okay. a Boba Fett spinoff series. Probably just one series, unless it's successful and they decide to milk it dry. Yeah. Um, but it hopefully it's just one series. It'd be like a the prelude to Mandalorian season three. You know, like what is what's Boba up to before yeah. we get back to Din Djarin? Because Maybe they Din's are in the last episode. Yeah, and they are um, talking about how. Dangar and Bosk and IG-88 and some of the old bounty hunters are supposed to come into this show so it's very possible this is going to be that interlude of Mandalorian chapters and they do this a lot in Star Wars books too which is also cool of Filoni and Favreau is 
you know, in a lot of Star Wars books, you'll you'll be reading a long couple chapters, and then all of a sudden, bang, interlude, totally separate story, and you read something else, and then get back into the main story, you know, and it continues until boom, the next series, which I think Ahsoka will take that spot. Um, mm. Which that up next, you don't bring Ahsoka Tano to life and only use her for one episode. Following her live-action introduction in Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian, Rosario Dawson's former Jedi Knight will front her limited series from creators John Favreau and Dave Filoni. If that previous appearance was any indication, the series will mark another long-awaited live-action debut, that of the villainous Grand Admiral Thrawn. Which, hell yes. <laughs> That's the thing you want um, the most. I've been kind of talking about that all season long. Um, of Mandalorian about how I want Thrawn to come back in and I, I don't know I, I just just Ahsoka saying his name where's Grand Admiral Thrawn in that episode you know made me rule happy so <laughs> um, that episode is called two lightsabers no waiting if you're going back yeah, to the quest me yeah, backlog the quest me thing um <laughs> But there are rumors that Lars Mikkelsen, brother and or cousin to Mads Mikkelsen, also the voice and of Thrawn. And or? I don't think... Oh, okay. <laughs> I no, don't, I, don't I don't think you can be brother and cousin. I don't know which one it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Or. Um, brother or cousin. <laughs> sorry, my bad. Brother or cousin. But yeah, apparently Lars has already been in talks to reprise his role as Thrawn on the big screen. Well, little screen, but that is cool yeah. because I think he had the perfect voice for it, and I'm pretty sure that considering Ahsoka is going to be a a limited series, it's going to be just basically concluding Rebels. Um, I think Disney is giving Dave Filoni his opportunity to close out Rebels the way he wanted to close it out before. Really and truly, that that show only needed one more season to finish it off and I think Ahsoka is going to do that um, Ricky are you alright over there are you falling asleep no <laughs> are any of I'm these not the not, one are, yawning it, in the background it's not late are any of the these end shows, of the week oh I know right are any of these shows piquing your interest at all Ricky like uh, as I talk honestly about them? I, I'm writing all of them down and I'm sitting here going there's supposed to be what 11 of them yeah, give or take. <laughs> yeah, it it really feels like Disney's made enough money that they're just going to start <laughs> mm-hmm. pumping out as much as they can. They're going to throw it all at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's I think that's okay though, personally, kind of. I mean, mo- I mean most of There's the- a big enough fan base. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a bad uh approach, but it's it doesn't attract me necessarily. I think them doing a lot of these as an animated series is good because, you know, you can you can make an animated series and just screw it right away if you need well, to. Well, in limited, um, like, yeah. I like that the Ahsoka series will be limited because they're going to give me a self-contained story. It might take them, you know, six episodes to seven episodes to do it, but they're going to tell me an entire story. So I appreciate that at least. And there are yeah. parts of it, like, I think, like I was saying, for me, it's like, I'm just glad to know that the quality in general should be up from here on out. Um, but I, 
I don't know. I think I think Ahsoka is probably the best chance to get me into other stuff because if they shoot that series the way they shot her episode, then it is going to be beautiful in in a way that yeah. like Mad Max was beautiful, uh, Fury yeah. Road. Like you can watch that movie with the sound off and still a hundred percent understand what's going on. Same thing in the Ahsoka episode. If you didn't have any sound on, you'd still know every story beat that happens in that episode because it's visually told in a nearly perfect way so if they can maintain that through the Ahsoka series then I might be willing to give some of their other stuff a shot because going back to the documentary they were very open about their influences he was telling Timothy Oliphant then boom you walk through the door that's when you get the Sergio Leone stuff and it's like okay so he knows what he's doing as far as like direct homage so as long as they maintain that and as long as the quality stays up I'm willing to give any of these shows you know one episode shot I'm just I'm in the same boat as Ricky where I'm like, dude, if you take the 15 shots, some of them are going to (laughs) miss. Like, yeah. And they will. I mean, most of these are going to miss. I think, um, I think you're right. The limited series is going to be really good, especially because it's made, it's going to be made by Favreau and Filoni. So, you know, that that show is going to have the best care. Um, same Mm -hmm. with bad batch with Filoni running that one. I think that story wise, it's still probably going to be pretty cool. It'll be made for kids, obviously, but I think it'll still have a pretty fun story. Um, One that I'm very (coughs) skeptical about, Rangers of the New Republic. Um, In addition to Ahsoka, Favreau and Filoni are concurrently developing a second spinoff series set within the timeline of The Mandalorian that will assumedly pick up certain threads introduced in Season 2, what with Cara Dune being enlisted by the New Republic. Um, these in interconnected shows along with future stories will excite new audiences, embrace our most passionate fans and will culminate in a climactic story event. Kennedy teased. Um, so here's, here's what I'm most excited about with these three shows. Ready? Thrawn. This is what it is. So Boba Fett's going to be its own standalone thing. They're giving Boba Fett the ending that he deserves. I think, um, instead of, the Return of the Jedi swallowed yeah. by a Sarlacc. They're going to give him the send-off that everyone wanted to give him. He he worked out in Mandalorian. People loved it, so they're going to do what they were originally going to do with Boba Fett, give him his own standalone series. Now you got Ahsoka, Mandalorian Season 3, and Rangers of the New Republic that are all going to be part of the same story. I think they're all going to be connected by Thrawn in one way or another, and mm. each character of these... At the end, it'll most likely be a movie. They'll do a movie to wrap up all three of these stories, or they're going to do a Defenders-esque type of miniseries where they have each character coming in and wrapping up that story somehow. Either way, I really hope, and I don't don't mean to be malicious or anything, but I really hope that these shows end. I don't want them to go on for 10 years with no ending and just bullshit writing after seven seasons i want them to end and go to something else you know what i mean go go back in history go go back to i mean you got you got andor coming out which is kind of cool but who really cares about cassie and andor i don't how much can you do with that character because his timeline is specifically limited on either end and we know that right and he dies what are you gonna do bring him back to life no please don't do that that's a failure right there andor is not gonna work i i think that's gonna be the one or one of the shows that's not gonna work very well k2 feels like a contractual obligation to me like 
he was I could when he that. signed his contract they were like also we reserve the right to make you do something else but we don't know what yet that, right. that's how it feels to me the saving grace of that show Alan Tudyk Alan Tudyk yep will be played <clears throat> will play K2SO which is one of our favorite characters in Firefly love that dude no matter what I hear his new show is pretty cool resident alien oh you mean alan three dick <laughs> <I'm, laughs> um very clever ricky you gotta so on sudden but inevitable we have a, a limit on how many times ricky can make the alan three dick joke but this isn't <laughs> sudden but inevitable so i guess that was pretty clever I, I see what you did there there you go there you go you got your one you got your one i also worked out <laughs> the timing on that one real well yeah that was good <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that that show is getting good reviews. I'm going to give it a shot because I was skeptical, and I'm I'm going to go give it a shot. Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue yeah. with Star Wars. No, sorry. Um, it, it just Andor. I, I'm not. I'm not the most interested in that. Then you got the Obi Wan Kenobi series. That's going to be another limited series. And that'll be good. It's Ewan McGregor. It's Obi Wan Kenobi. It'll be fine. Yes, they're bringing back Hayden Christensen as well to do some cool Darth Vader shots, and Deborah Chow is directing that miniseries. Um, she did a couple episodes of Mandalorian. She did some of the better action-y episodes, too. Um, Very cool. And she's, in the in the documentary, it was always talking about, I just needed more stormtroopers. I just right. kept asking Dave, can I get more stormtroopers, <laughs> please? <laughs> So I think I think Obi-Wan will be a little bit more action-packed than a lot of people are thinking. It's not just going to be him staring at baby Luke for eight episodes. Right. Um and and with Hayden Christensen coming back too, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. That is supposed to come out, well, we don't know yet to be announced. Um I did pass by Andor. That comes out 2022, guessing late 2022. Rangers of the New Republic is still to be announced as well. Um, but we do have Rogue Squadron that is apparently a movie coming out December 22nd, 2023. The next Star Wars feature set for the big screen will make history as the first in the franchise to be helmed by a female director, Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Eh, Wonder Woman was fine. Um, Patty Jenkins will usher in a future era of the galaxy with Rose, Rogue Squadron introducing a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings. Um, the picture kind of looks like a Resistance X-Wing, so it's very possible this will be set after Episode Nine, starting off what could be the the next sequel of, of movies mm-hmm. um, there. And then you got the untitled Taika Waititi movie, which I'm very excited about. I love that guy. I think he will do <laughs> fantastic with Star Wars. Yeah, um, It's going to be a completely different Star Wars than we're used to, but it's going to be... I think it'll be okay. I do. Thor Ragnarok was no slouch of a movie. So... Uh, then you got Lando, 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 Lando. Um, is that gonna be Donald Glover? What's going on? I haven't heard about Lando. So there's not much about this show yet, but rumor has it it's gonna be, um, old Lando telling young Lando stories. At Lando, <laughs> I would watch a show called At Lando. <laughs> If it's Donald Glover <laughs> and it's set in Atlanta, I'm sold. Um, yeah, Billy D is supposed to be yes. telling stories of young Lando played by. Huh. I guess I could Donald dig on Glover. that. 
Yeah, I, I, I could I could probably watch that. Yeah. I love Donald Glover, so I'm in. Yeah, and you know, I think that I was a huge Solo fan, and if they do Lando right, they could finish off the Solo storyline. Um, cool. There's been some petitions made about finishing Solo because it was – it was a hidden gem underneath all the bullshit that was the toxic fan base of Star Wars. Mm. Solo was actually a pretty fun movie. And no matter how many of those old 50-year-old farts that want to tell you it was a terrible movie and don't go watch it because Last Jedi sucked, <laughs> still watch it because it's a lot of fun. And all those actors did a great job. So I would be very excited to see them continue that story. And, you know, you could bring Darth Maul into it. Holy shit, what better way to make people care about Lando than to bring Darth Maul and that crime syndicate in there? I mean, right. Seems like it could be cool. Next one, we got Star Wars Visions to be announced still. Um, this is Lucasfilm will expand its canon beyond CG animation with Visions, a collection of 10 short films celebrating the galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators and offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. I can dig so that. So ten time. short, yeah, ten short films done in an anime kind of style. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be a little bit like the Clone Wars, the original Clone Wars anime style, but probably mm. a little bit better than that. Yeah. And then closer to hopefully closer to what Netflix is putting out now with anime. Yes. Yeah, I would guess. Um, I got. Let's see. It looks like I got three more things before we wrap this guy up here. Jeez. I know, right? And two of them I, well, one of them I don't really care about. But this next one, a droid story. <sighs> Something for kids. Something for kids. Lucasfilm Animation will team up with Industrial, with ILM, to create a new adventure for R2-D2 and C-3PO, a hybrid of animation and visual effects. The epic journey will introduce a new hero to be guided by the beloved droid duo on a mission known only to them. Here's what I think will make this show successful. Grogu. Watching uh, the last season of Mandalorian or the last episode yep. and seeing the reaction that R2 had to <coughs> Grogu yep. and the reaction Good of call. Grogu to R2 really makes me think that they had a connection. That's what's going to make... I mean, and listen, Grogu is at the center of all of this. They're just going to yeah. pass him off to all these other shows. Show to They're going to put show. him... And all these other shows, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna be the, I don't want to say it, but <laughs> the one that all the shows ride, because they're just gonna <laughs> pass him around, and he. The Star I think Wars he's, bicycle. Yes, I think I think Grogu will be f forever known as the Star Wars bicycle because he he's gonna be what keep people interested. Did you hear that Grogu's in a droid story? What's a droid story? Oh man, it doesn't matter. Just watch the last three episodes. It's really cool. <laughs> You're gonna hate it, and it sucks, but he's in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then you got the Untitled Ryan Johnson trilogy moving along. You got the Untitled Kevin Feige movie. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Um, well, it's probably an option, right? Mm, yeah. It, the the he'll Uber be, producer. He'll be busy forever. Yeah. He, he, the head of Marvel Studios will make his way to the galaxy far, far away to develop a new film alongside Kathleen Kennedy. I don't know. There's nothing about 2023, it. It's, it's to be announced. There's nothing about yeah. it. So it's going to be a That's long time. That's just to gauge interest. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's one more movie, um, untitled J.D. Dillard movie. Um, he was in... He helmed Slight and Sweetheart. And he did an episode of HBO's The Outsider. Um, and apparently they're going to have the writer from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. developing a new product or new movie for Star Wars. So... All of these things are very, you know, it'll, it'll all change. Yeah, yeah, it's all going to change. These are the plans they have in motion. They're going to make a new trilogy. Um, it's They're going to make a, a High Republic trilogy that's set 900 years in the past, and they're going to make another trilogy that's set after the Skywalker saga, and they're going to have all these shows in between. And for me, fantastic. For you guys, I understand the, like, I don't really care. I just kind of want to watch Mandalorian and that's it really could be all that too matters. much it could be yeah it could be an overload but I think Mando is yeah. not going to stop being good no. like that just isn't going to happen out of all of these shows which one are you guys the most interested in seeing for me it has to be Ahsoka because to know that they're going to shoot it or to, to know yeah. that it's going to be limited makes me really think they're going to focus on the aesthetic and they're going to shoot it just like they shot her episode um Plus Rosario Dawson. I mean, I'll watch anything she's in. She's very, very good. Um, outside of that, I would say I'm really interested in the anime one. I didn't even know that was going to happen. I love the Animatrix. Um, big fan of the New Castlevania series. I'm, I've been going through a lot of anime on Netflix recently. So um, I'm okay. actually those are probably the two that I'm most interested in, and they're the two furthest east, I guess you would say, of the properties. Probably the, the two to stay the most true to George Lucas's original vision. Well, I don't. I don't think his original vision had anime. Ahsoka in it, looks but pretty yeah. good. No, but I mean like the the <laughs> storyline, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree that Ahsoka looks pretty good. Uh, if I wanted to pick something other than okay. that, Book of Fat would be sure. something that I would be looking forward. I to. can't even I pick could see one. That too. And I hope that they give Robert Rodriguez some more involvement because he seems to really get the fat character. Yes. Yeah. Um, I something we didn't really talk about the acolyte. Um, it is that's one that I'm really interested to see. Um, it's done by Russian Doll showrunner Leslie Headland. Um, she will write and executive produce the acolyte. It's a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side power in the final days of the High Republic era. The High Republic is mm. the new era of Star Wars um, set, I think, 800 years before. or I think it's actually only 600 years before the the Old Republic. And so Yoda's in it. It's a Criminal Minds-style show set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be aimed at fans of Law & Order-style TV shows, I bet. Sure, which, which is cool. I, I'm excited to see the High Republic. I just want to see what they do with that style. Um, and, and where yeah. they're going there because again Yoda's been introduced into the comics um, and he's looks just very a, Asgard to me from the Marvel's universe yeah it does um, I'm I have the Marvel Unlimited comics app I'm just waiting for the High Republic to start coming out on there because I'm, I'm really interested to see to see what that's all about and I really want to see a young Yoda but yeah I think I think for me that the Acolyte because I have I always have wanted to go into like the past of Yoda and see his, you know, seeing Grogu is really cool because you get to see kind of that species as a baby, 
But even as like a kid seeing Yoda in episode one, I was like, oh man, how far back could we go with him? Like, could we go see him as, as someone that's training? Could we see like a baby of his species? Like what, you know, what's going on there? So I, I think I'm just interested to see if they actually dive into that a little bit more with the High Republic. I want to see acolytes a stuff. baby of Darth Maul's species because I'd love to know what happens if one of those babies tries to come out head first. Like, <laughs> what does the doctor do? Do they just call it? Like, okay, well, never mind. Like, I, I think it's kind of maybe like, they've got. Let's not I mean, get into it. I think it's kind of like, <laughs> like a like antlers. You know, you don't, don't really mean, come out with antlers. <laughs> you kind of grow them later. Okay, they, they they come out soft and they harden over the course of the baby's life. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was gross. I'm sorry that <laughs> I instigated that. That's uh, that's about it, though. That's all we have for like the new shows coming that's a great out. Great note to and, end uh, on. <laughs> well, how about the tusks on those pigmen? Yeah. No, wait. What now? And how about the tusks on those pigmen? <laughs> oh yeah. See, come on now. It's like elephants. Okay. They don't come out with tusks. <laughs> before before we close it out, Josh, let me just say, <clears throat> for those of you that do or are planning to check out Sudden But Inevitable, our Firefly podcast from Twist My Arm. Tomorrow's episode is going to be airing live on Facebook at 10.45 p.m. Mountain Time. And I will say, Josh, I have verified that in this episode, there is a Star Wars ship visible. So keep your eyes peeled. Thank you. Thanks for telling me that. You're quite Because now welcome. I'm going to watch that episode four times. <laughs> um, also, for those of you that are going to check out Sudden But Inevitable, you will not be able to see us live because this episode's coming out after we go live on Facebook for <laughs> SBI. But you can always go on anywhere you listen to podcasts and search for Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, and you will find all of those past episodes. And we will start doing live episodes on Facebook a little bit earlier in the evening. So just follow us on Twist My Arm at Facebook, and, and you'll find all of our all the information for that. Um yeah, I think I think that's going to be about it for today. Um, I want to thank again Daniel and uh, Star Wars Now This on Instagram for inviting us to be a part of the first ever National Star Wars Podcast Day. Um, it was a lot of fun to get back together with Teeny. you guys and, and rehash the Mandalorian and be a host again. It's been weird, you guys being the hosts <laughs> and me being the guests. So. It was, you have uh, no I got, power. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got to dust off the old hosting chaps again. <laughs> yeah, no Chewbacca onesie this time, but the ah, guests no. don't know that. So you've got a great Chewbacca onesie on, Josh. <laughs> Thanks. I washed it. It's <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but again, thank you all for listening to this. Checking out the Quest Me podcast. Um, you can find us at twistmyarmpodcast.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts you can also check out all of our other shows that we have on the network we got interviews with local businesses under twist my arm we got um pop culture news and everything you want to know about movies video games music and tv on the hashtag movement we talk all about marvel and uh the cinematic universe, the WandaVision, the TV series, and we dive into comics in the Marvel Cinematic Monday podcast. We do that every other week live on Facebook at the Twist My Arm page. Uh, we also have gaming now. Everyone's pretty much doing some gaming at this point. I do some live streams. We got another couple kids working 
working on some live streams. Um, you can find us on Twitch, TMA Gaming. You can also find that page on Twitter, TMA Gaming. Um, also find Marvel Cinematic Universe on Twitter, MCM underscore pod, or on Instagram, Marvel Cinematic Monday. And best flicks with Ricky D. Yes. And again, Sudden But Inevitable with your host here, Jesse, and the co-host Ricky D. And then you can we got follow the Sudden sessions. But Inevitable on Twitter at Sudden But, and you can follow it on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Ricky, what's the handle for the socials for Best Flicks? That would be Best Flicks Ricky D at Best Flicks Ricky D. Sweet, on Twitter, thank you. If I'm not mistaken, yes, yes, on Twitter. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys. I, I forgot the Twitter handle for you, Ricky. <laughs> oh, no worries. I I keep changing it, so that's yeah. why I asked too. <laughs> But anyway, again, thank you all for coming out, listening to the special of Quest Me. And um, we're going to be back. We're going to be back eventually. I'm guessing the next time we do this show is going to be for the Bad Batch. But if you want to hear us three talking more, go over and check out the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. Because that's where we do a lot of our other podcasting. This is specifically a Star Wars show. We're going to keep it that way. So we'll do specials here and there. But when you want to see us come to sudden but inevitable, that's about it, man. Twistmyownpodcast.com. Thank you guys for listening. We are the Quest Me Podcast. My name is Josh. This is Ricky. My name is Jesse. Have a good night, guys.